All right, guys, as promised, we are here now with what is probably one of the most unique stories in uh, Australian motocross that I'm going to go ahead and say that this guy is one of the fastest riders that a lot of people in the pits may not have heard of. And um, I've been wanting to do this for a while. It's a guy I go way back with, and you would know already, but this is Mr. Andy Dinicole. What is up, guys? How we doing, mate? Mate, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Just... Uh Enjoying the cold weather down in Melbourne. It is. A, that's how we got to do this today because I was going to be at the races. I'm sure you probably had something better planned, mm-hmm. but yep. uh, it's very cold and wet. Man, I'll tell you what, it is cold in Melbourne lately. <laughs> I mean, I haven't spent winter over here in a probably four years. That's, that's right. This would be your first winter. And did, Didn't you come back hurt one year? What year was that? Yeah, like very vaguely I came back for like maybe a couple, a week or two, but... I'm here for the long haul, so it's uh, it's a rough one. Not yeah, used to it. Buckle up, buddy. Yeah. I saw snow the other day, and <laughs> I wanted to cry. Different to Florida. Absolutely. A lot different. All right. So as I've put out in the socials, and uh, as you guys would have seen by the time you get to this, uh, it's funny because this is actually the first one-on-one we've recorded, um, but it's probably not going to be the first one we put out. So it's July when we filmed this, start of July, recorded, sorry. Yep. I'm used to doing NRG. I keep saying film, but it's... There's no, hey, there's no cameras here. Um, so, yeah, by the time you get this, it's probably going to be mid-July, August, something like that. But, um, yeah, this is the first one-on-one we've done. So if it's a bit shaky, give us a chance because I'm still trying to get this whole platform format down. But this is going to be one of the first one-on-one interviews you get. Think of a better person to do it with. Hey, what a compliment. I love it. Great. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it, AD. So for those of you that don't know, Andy Dinicole is 20. How do you? I'm 21. I turn 22 tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, June 30. Dang. Well, happy birthday. Hey, appreciate it. Because your last 21st, you were in the States. Yeah. Yeah, last 21st, yeah, tw- in, I was in the States. Because I remember your mom and uh, dad were going over, and yeah. your dad was like, don't say anything, because no, it was a surprise. It was. Yeah. It was neat surprise. Good one, actually. Yeah. Pete, Pete's a good dude to have around. Yeah, good dude. Um, it's 21 years old, turned 22, so you're ancient as far as motocross goes. Yeah. Old yeah. in the moto world. <laughs> so... The brief rundown is the reason we have Andy in here right now is because Andy left Australia at a young age to chase the racing dream. He went to the States. Um, he's back now. He's kind of semi-retired, taking a year out. I don't know what you want to call it. We're going to get to that later in the show, later in the in the talk. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start it off my very first memory of Andy Dinicole. I met you at the Millsaps training facility in America, in Georgia. In 2013. 2012. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it might have actually been 2000, end of 2011. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been. I mean, you were still as tall as you are now on an 85. It yeah. was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I was a young fella. On Seven foot five on an 85. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I met you and your family out there. Um, I think Dawn was there at least, your mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was brief because I think I was leaving. I only did like six weeks out there and you were just coming back. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I got there as you was leaving and then yeah. I spent like a six-week school there. Yeah. That's what they kind of do. So let's take it back to the beginning. So, I mean, obviously you didn't just start riding at 13 or 14 and go to America. You know, you did the whole junior ranks in Victoria, junior Aussies deal. So, like, let's start it out from an early age. Like, where did it all start for you and all that? Uh, Dad brought home a quad when I was like three, I think. I was like a young fella, but I never really started racing until I was eight. So, I uh, went to a Honda Smart School, which Yuri Vikonsky used to run. And uh, I was riding a KDM 50 and <clears throat> he said, hey, you know, are you racing? I said, no, I'm just riding for fun. He said, well, go to Nutter Wadding. 
and uh, go do a race. None of wadding. Yeah. Many a career yeah. was started there. <laughs> first one, yeah. And then so went, I raced, and uh, that first season I went and did, you know, Gippsland titles, Vic titles on my 50, and I won the Gippsland title, which was like, Back in that day, there was a lot, you know, a lot of fast kids in, in that class. And that would have been like late 2000s, mid-2000s? Yeah, mid-2000s, so yeah. like 2008, I think, maybe. And uh, so I went out and won it, and then it just kind of t- steamrolled from there, you know. So I rode for KTM for uh, quite a few years. So, yeah, you were, you were on the GMR, the Glen McDonald. Like, yeah. That was like the factory KDM team back then, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. So was that from 60s, 80s? When was that? Uh, I believe I got on it like... 85 big wheel and I went on for two years and then uh, I, I didn't really have that good of a deal like I I, I was pretty not really getting any good results um, kind of struggling a little a little bit and then well we've skipped a lot of time in between um, it's true so <laughs> we have you had some good results on 65s at 65s. junior Aussies right yeah yeah so um, I think I got fourth one year and it was it was I broke my collarbone at Mafra in two thousand and nine. Yeah, yeah, nine or ten or whatever it was. And that's going to be a theme here, but we'll get to that. Yeah, a few injuries. Yes, um, and then broke my collarbone, and I was sitting like second, I think, uh, Riley Dukes, I think, at the time. Um, so to put it in perspective, like your generation that is now pro would be like Riley Dukes, um, Jed Beaton. Yeah, exactly. Um, who else did you go out racing? Um. We used to have Wade Carter, who was a thug on a bike, but he doesn't Wade, race anymore. <laughs> Wade O'Carter. Yeah. That, I would love to do a podcast with him and figure yeah. out what happened. I don't know, man. Because that know what could happened. ride a bike. He could ride, like, so fast. Um, I was a little bit before uh, Hunter Lawrence. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some really fast kids in, in that era that I was racing with, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys did a lot of good things from your Mitch era. Evans. Mitch, yeah, there you go. Um and everyone took a bit of you took a very different path, but you know that's that's what's coming up with the whole theme of this pod. Yeah. Um. So, you know, basically, you're you know you, you're living in Australia, you're going to school in Australia, everything's as normal for a normal kid. Yeah, normal. Um. You were. What's the first time you go to the states? How old are you? So, <clears throat> I remember. Um, I think it was MTF used to come over and do a, bring over like two kids. You know, Colleen used to bring over two kids or three kids. That's to right. She'd bring titles. over like Savachi and... Yeah. 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 And I remember, um, I think the year Dakota Alex first came over, they were up in New South Wales and we all saw him and like, dude, they were on fire. They were so fast. And me and my dad got talking. We said, like, they're the best, you know, they're, they're, they're doing great things over there. So, you know, why not take the journey over? And we got in contact with Colleen and uh, spoke with her and she said, yeah, you guys more than welcome to come over do a bit of a six-week camp so yeah so was that what i met you that was the first one you did yeah oh i thought you'd been there before that no no i think it was yeah that's definitely the first time so mm. and it's it's a, a whole new world over there isn't it you know it is for those of you that uh think you're training right or think you are grinding yeah. on the gram yeah you go to the states it's a whole different it's, uh, uh i mean there's a lot of aussie kids there right now i think there's like 10 or 12 aussie yeah. kids at mtf yeah i know that uh, Miles Gilmore, he's killing it. Mm. You know, he's over there, he's crushing it, which you know doesn't really get a lot of uh, publicity over here, which is a shame. Well, and that's why I want to, you know, talk about your journey as well. Yeah, um, because you know you did so many things over there, yeah. and people wouldn't the Aussie scene. It's not like it forgets you, but you're out of sight, out of mind, yeah. and even with social media and even with that stuff. 
Yeah, it, 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 you're going to just get... Um, you once, and you became to me, like you were no longer, even though you were Australia, Australian in America, you were an American writer. Like you were in the American system. Yeah. You had American sponsors. Like you weren't... Um, <coughs> you I didn't weren't really have anything as a kid. Like you were gone, but yeah. we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, you go do your first six-week stay. That's where I meet you, and that's where you and I first get hooked yep. up because, yep. you know, my stories you know, basically I didn't race for a long time. And then when I got back into it, I was like, okay, I need to brush up. Cause it had been years. So mm-hmm. I went out to MTF and I was there to, you know, ride and train, mm-hmm. but also I had a very keen interest in coaching and fitness. Absolutely. And I was like, well, I need to learn the best program in the game. I'm going to go to MTF for amateurs, yep. for juniors, whatever you want to call it. And then you were literally one of my first coaching and gym clients yep. because your mum and dad were like, well, you know the program he's doing over here. When he comes back, you can keep the ball rolling. Yep, exactly. And that's when a early 20s Joe got hooked up with a teen, yep. goofy-looking AD. It's true. Long hair, looking like a damn hooligan. You did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then I kind of remember, so that was you stayed out there for, yeah, the beginning of 2012. Yeah, and, and I mean, for me, like, I've been like we did motos and stuff when I was you know back in Australia and I I mean I thought I trained right and then you go over there and you spend six weeks and the first two weeks you're just like <laughs> ass is out you know yeah just you can't even walk the next day because dying. you're doing you know the schedule is whatever group you're in but you're doing two three hours of gym a day you're doing yeah. four or five hours of riding and maybe a cycle at the end of the day you know yeah. it's like it's so full on and you got to make sure you're eating right and like i didn't know that you had to think about eating right and i used to go down to mcdonald's get a couple of big macs and i was good to go you know it's but, uh, it's so serious and i, I kind of i wish in a sense like in one sense i don't agree with the training facility model yeah at all but in the other sense i really wish it was viable everywhere else in the world but it just isn't it definitely showed like it it puts things into perspective like you think you're working hard over here when you're a young fella and you know you got school and things and then you go over there and it's like this is their this is their lives like this is full-on like day in day out grind like it's what they do for what eight months a year more probably more because you've got minios loretta's qualifiers and yeah. I don't think the parents get that. And that, that's where your story goes. Like you went into that environment eventually. Um, but like it's the parents, like I coach the, the kids over here and they say, oh, you know, why are the Americans so fast? Or how do they do it? I'm like, well, how old's little Jimmy here? And he's eight, 10, mm. whatever. I'm like, all right, well, he's got to quit school. Yeah. He's got to ride every day. Um, Mom's got to move across the country to ride with him every day. Dad's got to go to work, pay for it all. Mm-hmm. And that's it. If you want to make it, you can't be a normal kid anymore. It's like so much goes into it. It's their lives. As I said, like it's literally their lives. Like when it comes to bike, they're like, they've got all the bling on their bikes. Like mm-hmm. they're probably mortgaged up to the eyeballs and whatever, but huge campers that they live in every day. Like, yeah. But, and that's what I'm saying. I don't agree with it because in one sense, it's not normal. No. 1% of the kids are going to see a return on that investment. Yeah. And then they're probably going to get divorced from their parents anyway, because <laughs> it's so messed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get to more of that later. But so yeah, you come back and then we started doing some work together that year. I think you were still on factory KDM at that point. I remember yep. that year you were, it was 2012. You were racing jet a lot. You were yep. racing, um, way Carter a lot at the junior stuff. And then you got hurt again that year, right? 12 was it? Yeah. So actually I got back from Millsaps and, and it was like, I think the first race I did and I, did, I was doing pretty well and I think I won the first two races and it got to the third race and uh, I slipped off a jump um, and actually dislocated my collarbone. So I didn't break it. It went inside and it was actually rubbing against my main artery. 
Yeah, okay, now so I remember. Like, yeah, that was really gnarly. Yeah, that was really gnarly, wasn't it? Because it um, went like under your sternum, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so <clears throat> I went to a hospital. I'm not going to say where, and they said, "No, nah, mate, you're all good." And then so I slept over the night and thought, "Nah, something's wrong." Went to a uh, hospital. Um, I think it was Royal Children's at the time, and they were like stressed. And so I got in that night, went and had surgery, and I was out for like. Six months then, because uh, yeah, I remember because we didn't do anything. We did a bit of gym stuff, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. but you weren't riding at all. Um, so you missed Junior Aussies that year, if I remember. Yep, that's yeah, that's right. And then thirteen, you went to Honda. I went to Honda for yeah, road for Reeves Junior team that he had then. Yeah, but then oh, okay with, with now, Egan Maston. Really, Egan was on that team. Yeah, with he you. was. Yep. Wow. Okay, so yeah, twenty thirteen, your your Junior Honda team. That was when Uri was still running it. Yeah. Before Hogs took it over. Yeah. Um, and then I remember now we were at Frankston mm-hmm. and you broke both your wrists. Yeah. Some you guys, jumped off the track. Yeah. He snaked me off the jump. And, uh, Dude, I remember that. It was like my third ride back and broke both my wrists. I, I remember was, you coming to the pits and your mum was not freaking out, but she was just like. It's like just livid. I remember we all were like. Even they, everyone was pretty heated if I remember. <laughs> yeah. The guy like went from one, like one side of the track to the other and like fully. Sna- I don't know what he was thinking, but Cause it was like, it so. was hot. It was January and yeah, yeah we were doing the preseason stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, then I seem to remember you being around less after that. So is that 13? Did you go back to the States again? I can't remember. Yeah. So <clears throat> 13 got, got good with my wrist. I did a few races and then uh, I remember I went to the States and I want to say I broke my scaphoid Yeah, over there training with Colleen. So that was another setback. And yeah. then, so I got done with that. And then I think I went back again. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit rough on the whole history side of things. Because you were there full time from 14, right? Yeah. So I was 14 full time and we were supposed to do the whole series then. It was like the first time really being over there for good. And um, so my mum was over there with me because I think I was like 16 at the time, maybe younger. No, you're um, doing, yeah, no, that makes sense. About 15, 16. Yeah. So, and, and um, we were supposed to do, you know, uh, Daytona, Spring Nationals, uh, Loretta's um, and Mini Oats. That was the goal for that year. And I got in and I started Spring Nationals, which is, it really starts off at Daytona. And I... Came oh, was this the year you got broken? Yeah. yeah, okay, carry on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I came off a jump, just first race, got the whole shot. I think I was racing like Zach Bell, no, Chase Bell at the time. So this was, was the day, the Ricky Carmichael amateur, yep. Daytona Supercross. Yeah, 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 and I was racing some really fast kids like Jared Fry. Um, Jared Fry? Uh, I don't know. He went pro too, right? Yeah, he went pro, I think. And then, and then <coughs> he got injured, I remember, because he was running for TLD, right? Yeah. KDM, yeah, yep. I remember. Um, and a few other guys, uh, Chase Bell, who was riding for seven in Kawasaki at the time, whole shot at the first race, which was like 250B, fast guys, you know. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, 250B in the States is the up-and-coming amateur yeah. class. Like, the most of the pro rides go to those kids out of the B class, right? Yeah, usually by the time they're, they're done off 125s, they've already got them rides yeah, set like up. Yeah, Star or Pro Circuit or yeah. Geico or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, yeah, back to the so yeah, I remember getting a, a call or a message from your mom or something, yeah. and it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So got the whole shot, come around the first first lap, and they just done um, some track maintenance type of stuff, and that big sending jump. I don't know if the one Stuart it. was jumping that. Yeah, thing. yeah. So everyone was jumping it, so I went to jump it, and I clipped the top, 
and came over and yeah broke my back for it's pretty bad pretty bad that one you know pretty um, bad you're kicking the table and the mics you want to stop that yeah yeah Right. <laughs> <laughs> um Ugh. so yeah you broke what was it t yeah i broke my t uh seven so i got it fused from t six to eight and then i had to get a bone graft out of my hip um and it took about yeah two three surgeries so it was pretty yeah we, we're talking about it pretty trivially here but i mean it was you were in a wheelchair for a while yeah it was pretty gnarly it yeah. was like really gnarly uh and i punctured both my lungs at the time as well so like Dude, you've done that a bunch. Yeah, it's rough. It sucks. <laughs> so bad. So, so tall and skinny. Yeah, they just snap those little ribs up. You're all dick and ribs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so yeah, I uh, I spent a couple, a week in Daytona getting all that stuff sorted out and then, um, yeah, made the decision to go back to MTF and then went from MTF back home. And that's where I kind of spent like nearly a year off racing. Yeah, I remember that because that's when, um, yeah, it was like 2014 – by then yeah yeah and then you came home for the winter yeah yeah and then yeah we were doing some tra- uh, gym work i remember you were yeah. training yeah some so did a bit of gym work kind of like so i mean stuck in talking about the journey i mean we're just talking about the racing highlights or you know i mean there were some racing highlights in there obviously yeah. there was some good parts but man some speed yeah you, got, you, you know you were running good speed but you got hurt a lot mm-hmm. um at any point were you kind of questioning and going like, hey, like, you know, I'm away from friends and family. I'm on the other side of the world and I'm in the hospital a lot. <coughs> and he's been sick this week, yeah, I guess. Sorry, guys. I do, do apologize. <laughs> um, you know, at any point was that journey starting to get questions? You're like, why, why the hell am I doing this? Because everyone at home, like, you're coming back, all your mates at school, the mates you raise with, like, they're yeah. just doing the doing same old thing, they, but yeah. the, you know, and you're missing out on all that. I, I mean, look, I think I didn't really get a choice to question it because I had a year off, you know. Like, when you have a year off racing, you're always thinking, man, I can't wait to get back on that bike, you know what I mean? And yeah, because true. I was always off that bike, well, not always, but I, because when you get injured, you're always thinking, man, can't wait to get back on that thing, you know. I just you just keep going with it, you know? And uh, I never really, yeah, thought thought that way. I saw all my friends around doing, like, the same stuff, doing the same series, and I thought, you know, if I've got the opportunity to go over there and, and do more or go over and race more, I should definitely, you know, take it, you know? And I guess, uh, yeah, that's kind of the reason why I went and did it. I know my dad, he said, Andy, like, all these people around you, all your mates that are going out clubbing and having fun nowadays, like they're all going to be doing the same stuff for the next, you know. And and um, I like didn't really want to go at the start, but I ended up going. You know, I, I took the risk. You know, and I got an opportunity, and I thought, you know what, man, this this is good. Yeah, I mean, you were lucky in the sense that, you know, your family supported you. And, yeah, really lucky. And Pete, like, he's got a successful business and he was yeah. able to do it. Yeah. Um, but everyone would, you know, and you know what the industry is like, people talk shit like, oh, you know, he's so lucky he gets to go over there. But it's like, dude, you had to, you know, if, if half the people over here knew what it takes to go over there and be in that environment, yeah, it's um, it's not easy. It's uh, it's it's a it's a risk. Like I didn't I didn't see my parents. I missed my dad's fiftieth birthday. Like I I miss things. Like it wasn't. And just because you didn't make it as a top pro, like it doesn't make the journey any less difficult. No, no. You know, it taught me a lot. You know, like in life when you're over there, you, you know, no parents around, 
no like re- no mates that you had for years you know you have to go do your own things mm. um <clears throat> so it definitely teaches you i think and and i'm um, i've been so blessed that as as you said you know i've had my parents that have given me the opportunity to go do it you know i'm, I'm so blessed about that um and i'm, I'm really lucky um and no one in this game gets anywhere without their family support no way, you know, it's, it's definitely true. Um, so moving, like moving on from that, you go, you know, you're home for a little bit in 14. I seem to remember the start of 15, we were doing some writing. And mm. I'm trying to remember this timeline. But anyway, when do you end up like back so full-time, full-time? I think it was uh, 2016, I started getting back full-time. And at the time, the guy that I was getting my motor oh that's off. right so the end so yeah we did more gym work in 15 yeah getting you ready to go back and mm-hmm. then i remember we were riding together at, you had at 450 honda yeah at the end of 15 yeah 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 that's right yeah and so I was, doing, I was riding yammies back then and we yeah. were going out riding a bunch yep so yeah. i got a, a honda 450 and i got to go ride with a lot of different guys while i was over here you know getting back you uh kate mosick uh Jay Wilson, I think a couple of times while he was down, you know, riding for mm-hmm. that uh, Yamaha team and um, rode all the local tracks in Melbourne and started to, you know, get back into speed. And the, as, uh, you know, because it kind of wasn't a, it, back then, I remember now, it wasn't really a guarantee you were going to go back. You no, guys it wasn't. were pretty on the fence. Like, I don't even think your mum wanted you racing at this point. No, she didn't. She looked at a bike and she hated it. She mm. didn't even want to hear about it. Yeah. I remember Norm being quite vocal. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So yeah, got back on the bike and my motor builder that I had from over there, he said, listen, Timmy Ferry over there, you know, he's got a position open to do some training. And I said, that'd be a great opportunity to go train with him. He's a well-renowned pro, you know, he's uh, had a lot of great results in the American uh, series. So you've you've done the MCF thing now for like three or four years on and off. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I guess it was time to move on. Yeah, yeah. So... I had all my stuff over there still and um, we thought, you know what, if we're going to do it, might as well, you know, do it full time, you know? Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me, sorry. (laughs) So, um, yeah, made the decision to go, go over there and... (laughs) There's mad, mad background noise going on right now. I do apologize. It's all right. It's all right. Um, So, yeah, went over there and... um, we based ourselves in Tampa over in Florida. So you guys shifted from MTF. Um, Cairo, Georgia. Cairo to Tampa, which is like, you know, what, five, six hours yeah, south? it's about five hours. Yeah. Um, which Tampa is pretty close to Claremont where, you know, Roxon, Sexton, all those guys kind of base themselves. Um, yeah, so you're in that little hub on the, on the bottom of the, the southeast coast in yeah. Florida now. Um, and at this point, are you doing the Tyler Honda team thing? Has that happened yet or not? Um, it's, it's in a like roundabout term. Yeah, sure. I was kind of just, I had my bikes, you know, we got them ourselves. Um, Buddy Brooks was doing the motors for us at the time. Um, so I was riding Hondas because that's what I was kind of used to. Um, and that was for the first, you know, half of the year. Uh, and then Buddy said, Hey, you know, I've got a team going for Supercross, you know, Loretta's is coming around the corner. Why don't you just come under the tent? We'll, We'll do a bit of a team deal together. So to say that I rode for someone, kind of. Yeah, it's one of them support deals where yeah. you, you kind of did, you kind of didn't, but at yeah. the end of the day, you were under their program, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So rode with Timmy for the whole year, did spring nationals. Um, the first year, I actually won 250B. Um, I think I won a title there. Uh, yeah, so let's get into that a little bit. So <laughs> you've got... Um, <laughs> 
you want to take a drink? Oh my gosh, man. It's all right. I hate being sick. It sucks. Yeah. Well, now you don't race anymore. You've probably been partying flat out, you know? Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate partying. God. Clearly, you're not very good at it. I'm not. I know people that party every weekend and they never get sick. Well, you only have one kidney too. Maybe that, I don't, maybe, I, I don't know. It that could. wasn't for a motor though, was it? That wasn't. That was like as soon as I was born. Yeah. One kidney. One kidney. You only need one. It, that's why I'm so light, you know. They throw out the others. They don't need that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throw out what you don't need. That's what I always But say. that was a bit of a hindrance to you with training and, and yeah. racing, I remember. Yeah, so I'm actually B12. Uh, deficient. deficient. Yeah, yeah, you had to get uh, infusions and stuff. Yeah, so I have to get a needle um, once a month or so now. And it, uh, <clears throat> it, it, it hinders you because when you don't have any B12, you don't have any energy. Mm. And I never really knew this until later in my career that – I don't have any B12. I remember this only being a thing like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, and not even actually. That was like the start of last year when we were doing the preseason here. It was, yeah. Yeah. I remember I went all the way through the season in Florida and it's hot. It's like. Yeah, people have no idea. Like, it would be like being in Darwin. Like, that's the equivalent. Exactly. Yeah. All, all year, though. Yeah. All year. I mean, in winter, actually, I would compare it to Darwin because in winter it's dry and. Uh, f- like fresh but it's still like 20 during the day yeah and then summer's just you don't want to be there no you don't want to be there it's ridiculous like 95 percent humidity 40 degrees every day though yeah and like it will rain <laughs> every day like mid moto it will start like pouring down and it's so humid it's so hot you know and it's even worse when it rains because it bounces off the yeah yeah the, the steam exactly um so i did the whole whole season and i got to the end of it and I thought, man, I don't feel good. So I went to the doctor and then, yeah, that's when they uh, told me. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Um, so, yeah, you do you do 16 over there. Um, I remember at one point, didn't I offer you something over here at 16? I had my little team going on and I said, if, if you didn't go, I had a bike and stuff for you. Yeah, and <clears throat> I've had a few offers throughout my career to stay over here, you know. I felt like I've been the main one, like, trying to – yeah. Keep you here. Like, like hey. not keep you here, but to me, it was always like, like I said, you, you made that transition to being an American rider. And I think I was probably the closest to you that was in the industry here. Yeah. And I was always shopping you around like, you know, this kid's fast, like he's yeah. in the States, but don't forget about him. And then we'd always, there'd always be something going on over the years. We'd be like, maybe you should stay and race this and, and we can do that. But you were always so committed to going back to the States. Yeah, I always thought <clears throat> if you you know want to be the best, you've got to race the best. And not to say that you know there's some seriously fast guys over here, but you know Tomac and you know not to even class myself in his league, but they're all fast there. 30, 50, 40 riders in any class, or 40, 40 riders, twenty five of them are going to be fast, really fast. You know, mm. so I thought you know what to better myself, I want to go over and 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 live that life and and. And, and let's not lie either, not lie, but let's do, like, the lifestyle over there is sick. Absolutely. Like, you, um, now in the end, you, you had a house in Tampa, you had vehicles, you had, like, a, a social group, friend group, you, you would live in, um, you training with Timmy Ferris, you were training with Mario Davalos, and, yep. like, I Hayden mean, Maros. Hayden Maros, yeah, there you go, so you and yeah. Hayden um, yeah. have known each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like as far as a lifestyle goes, like I can understand why you wouldn't have come back to Oz. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, a, it's amazing over there and you get to ride with different people every day, different tracks. Um, 
and the fast guy is like, <clears throat> look how well um, Hayden's going. He's killing it. And Dude, he's, he surprised me a lot this year. Yeah. I've been wrong on record a lot, especially on the podcast, like the Inside Dirt show, where I just, time after time. Like, Out for lunch, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been, I didn't really consider him. And I guess because he's done too much supercross. Yeah. I um, can see that, you know. And <clears throat> I saw him riding motocross and dude, he rips. Mm. He, he is, he's well, a ripper. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because He's uh, top three in the MX1 championship yep. over here right now. And definitely uh, definitely a very hard worker, to say the least. You know, he's always grinding that guy. So so with yourself, we go 16. Um, that's when you moved to Timmy's. You moved to Florida. You start doing that whole deal. Yep. Um, now, you start winning some amateur championships in 16. Was yeah. it 16 you started winning some titles? Uh, so yeah. So, uh, I think I won a... a, a Championship at Oak Hill. I think, yeah, I did win. I, w- I won one and 250B Limited or something. Yeah. And then... <coughs> I do apologize, guys. It sucks being sick. I actually hate it. <coughs> yeah. I didn't realize you were so raspy. Yeah, it's... My voice sounds great, by mm. the way. Yeah. It, no, you I wish like it a, was always like this. Like a husky Will Ferrell thing going on. Yeah. yeah. Lumber- Will Ferrell. Lumberjack. Yeah. But, um, so... That's when I kind of got my first sponsor as well over there, uh, Fly Racing, who helped me a lot over there. They were actually the first guys that uh, paid me any money to go to, to go race, you know? Because the amateur scene over there is something that it doesn't really exist in Oz, but, you know, contingency yep. and that, like, you go do well as a, an amateur with, you know, because you, later on, you had the Husqvarna thing, you had the Fly thing, like, yep. you start... Um, you're not making money, but it's paying for your racing. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm getting by, you know, not having to spend a whole heap, you know? Yeah. No gear, no oils, no f- uh, barely any fuel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's Because how they do it, right, is like, say, Husky, they give you a credit card, yeah? Like a, a, a parts card, or how does it work over there? Um, or so you just get an account. I can't remember now. Yeah, I just got an account through yeah. Fly, which was pretty easy. And then Husky, they gave you, like, a parts allowance, and then... They also gave you money as well. Okay. For like the pro stuff. Yeah. Which was pretty sick. Um, so, yeah, you started, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you're obviously making a bit of noise over there as amateur because you're winning championships. Yeah. And, and then, you know, everyone thinks like, oh, Loretta's is the only one they do, but they have a whole series of, they have spring nationals, mm-hmm. they have summer nationals, they have the fall nationals. Yeah, they've got, you know, so many different things. They've got, uh, down in Florida, they've got their own series, which is sick. Um, is that the winter ams and stuff? Winter ams and stuff, which... Can you break down for the listeners that haven't been to the States? Like if you were to go to Minio's or Loretta's or um, Oak Hill or Spring National, like how many riders are there? Think about like MX Nationals like times two. It's always packed, always. Like yeah. there's so, so many people and so many different classes, you know. So like if you're in 250B class, you've got five different ride, like five different things you could ride. 250B stock, limited, 450B, 250B, uh, yeah. There's a lot of different classes. So many different there. classes. Yeah. So you've got things you, you can race, and it's pretty cheap relatively. I think it's like 30 bucks a class. Yeah, I, I do think their racing structure is something we need to look at for the junior scene over here as yeah. far as – I don't think we have the numbers to run stock and mod and this and that, but at the same time, like, you should be able to run three or four classes in a day yeah. and get your money's worth. No, absolutely. Because um, you go out and race – and by the end of the weekend you're you're absolutely buggered mate because it's there's six laps and you're doing 
with a sprint speed in amateurs over there is gnarly too. In- insane. Those guys rip off the first lap. They're gone on the first lap. And that's something that I didn't know because when you, you know, in Australia, I think the only guy that really did any real sprint speed was that Wade Carter. Mm. He had so much sprint. He had to try and out sprint his arm pump, I guess, because he would always suffer with that. But by that time, the race is over. Yeah. You know? And that's what I struggled with. So, <clears throat> but, you know, you go to those races, you've got uh, winter AMs, which you've got four series and the amount of people that are there, there's always competition, you know, six guys at the gate. And that's just in one state, you know. Mm. And then uh, for like Loretta's or something, it's huge. There's thousands. I think like over 20,000 people there. It's like a moving city. For a week. For a week. Um, so how many Loretta's did you do? Three. Three Loretta's. Yeah. Okay. And Loretta's, to get into it, it's not easy, you know. <clears throat> no, just to make it to Loretta's is actually, I mean, it's quite a big deal. You got to do an area, which is... Full of, the, you know, some of the fastest people. Especially the areas you were coming out of, like Southeast qualifiers. Yeah. Um, I remember at one point you had a crash one year, one of the regionals, and you had to drive to um, like Pennsylvania or something to qualify out of another regional. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. <clears throat> I was I, I was doing really well in one of them, and uh, I think I had a bike malfunction maybe. And then instead of just going like, you're in Florida already, that's where it was, I had to drive to like Michigan. <laughs> which was Redbud from my regional, which is like oh, that was last year. Yeah, yeah, well, it was literally last year, and it but sucked. On the down, on the plus side, you got to ride Redbud, sick track. Yeah. Except it rained all weekend. Was it a mudder? It was horrible. Yeah. It was so muddy, like, did, like those nations ruined my bike. Really? Yeah. Um. So, how many amateur titles did you end up getting <coughs> over the years? Was it four? four. Yeah, four. Yeah. So I won uh, Mill Creek. You always did good at Mill Creek. You won yeah. two there, right? I won f- three or four, yeah. Three out of four. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was the Spring National before... Um, Freestone. Before Freestone. Yeah, man, yeah. that's track. Yeah, so, so you won four amateur nationals in B and A. Uh, only in A. Only in A. I think I won one in B Okay, at Oak Hill. So that's Pro-Am A. Yeah. So for anyone listening, like pretty much for the guys that don't get signed out of B... Um, and go to a star or a pro circuit or a Geico, they have to go to A. Yeah. And then you've got the best of the rest um, in A. So for you to get some championships in A is it's quite a big deal. Yeah, it was sick. I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely good to put on, you know, the resume at the end of the you know, year when you go, hey, you want to sponsor me again? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that number one plate. It, it always looks cool with the AMA on it and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's sick. I remember I've, like, and... To be honest, the first one was obviously huge because, you know, a lot of adversity <coughs> broke my back. Yeah, big things to come back from. Yeah. And then being overseas and, and away from everyone. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I came back and won a national title. It was pretty, pretty insane, especially in A class, you know, it's not, it's not B, it's not. 85 it's the premier like the, the top of the top and you can't really compare it to anything over here but let's give the listeners some perspective i'm trying to think of what it would be the equivalent of winning but it really wouldn't because the amateur scene in america is there's no juniors and seniors in the states it's no. just you're an amateur until you either get signed to a team or you decide to go get your pro license yeah but even if you have your pro license you can still ride the amateur a class up to a certain point yeah yeah you have to get a certain amount of points to go and like go up so but even if you run outdoor nationals if you're a 30th place guy 
you can still go back and race Loretta's, right? I believe so. I don't know how it works. I think there's some sort of cutoff. Yeah, I think it's because I know because there's definitely Ricky guys Carmichael. I've seen you racing that yeah. were racing pro at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah um, I think like I know Ricky Carmichael went back to Loretta's one time and raced A class, maybe in 2011. Was it A or Vets? No, it was A. A. Yeah. And okay. He didn't win. He didn't. No. That's right. He didn't. Who beat him? I don't know. There's some fast kids though when they get to Loretta's. Like but Loretta's isn't what people think as far as the track, is it? No. No. People look at Loretta's, I think, on online and they're like, wow, it's really wide open and like sick track. It's like a goat track. It's Look, they do good for what, what it is. But it's basically a grass. Though. I feel like Loretta's is... Uh, it's kind of the same as where racing is going in a lot of the world now is that yeah. the infrastructure is there yeah. for the event and the track, you know, there's probably better tracks it could be at, but, yeah, but it's, it's there. Everything around, you yeah. know, and Loretta Lens has been there for 45 years, I think maybe. Yeah, it's been there. I mean, it's still on, on my bucket list of stuff I want to go do. Um, it's insane. Not race, maybe race. I'd like to do the vets maybe, but um, I just would like to go experience it. Mike Brown went and did vets in your class, so you'd be in, and he... Hey, I'm not as old as Brownie, dude. I'd be in 30 plus. Yeah, I just... I I forget. Mike Brown's like 50. Yeah, he is old, but he did 25 plus. He probably smoked them too. Bro, he ran a faster (laughs) lap time than 250A guys did. That man is on fire. You know what's funny? We'll get on the topic of Brownie for a second, right? Like when, when I was a kid... In England, yeah, Brownie rode for uh, Cat Honda, which was Dave Thorpe's. For anyone who doesn't know Dave Thorpe, he was a world champion out of England in the eighties. He ran a Honda team in the nineties. Now Brownie raced GPs for that team. My dad had a track, and I remember Brownie when I was on like I'd have been like ten. Brownie was used to come ride and train him with that track, but he was like 30, 40 years old back then. Yeah, like, that man is. He's been ancient. around forever. Yeah, and, and he's, he's still kicking butt. Dude, he hopped off. I remember like it's hot at Loretta's like. There's no wind. There. It's but like he's a Tennessee boy, though, isn't he? He's from yeah, Tennessee. He hopped off that track, and it looked like he was another day. Like, not even stressed. No, not even sweating, dude. Some of the people that were coming off the track looked like they were going to have a cardiac arrest. Like, mate, it's hot there. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's gnarly. People and he's don't like, get it. Like the humidity and the he's heat, like hopping but... off the track. Ain't nothing but a thing. Just having a oh brownie. He's a wild card, man. Yeah, it would be cool to race someone like that. But he, I doubt I'd be in the same race, but it'd be cool. Yeah. He rips. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that. But um, So, you know, getting back to Loretta's, like you did that whole deal. And, and here's like, I think for you is where things always went a bit sideways is like you always had the speed, but it seems like you had like freestone in Loretta's and you'd like win qualifiers for Loretta's. You'd win. You'd yeah. win spring nationals. But then when we we – I was always in your corner, but when you went to Freestone or when you went to Loretta's, it never quite seemed to happen. No, <clears throat> you're like, right. It, like whether it was the starts or the crashes or something. There was always, you know, something something there. And that's something that I definitely struggled with in my career. You know, I uh, had some good speed and, and, you know, I worked hard and my practice speed was fast, you know, it was, mm. it was really fast. But, you know, I'd get to some of those bigger races and, Loretta's was better this year, like, or sorry, last year. It was probably one of my best uh, performances, you know, but, you know, still didn't get starts where, you know, in my areas and my regionals that I went to, I nearly whole shot at all of them, yeah. you know? So maybe, I don't know whether it was doubt or, you know, what it was or maybe nerves or... Oh, I mean, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You always I did, have. I always have, yeah. Um, that was something we always tried to talk about was, like, being in the moment, more enjoying it as opposed to... yeah 
putting so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but <clears throat> I think I got um, ninth and tenth last year in two fifty A and Open Pro Sport. Yeah, and open pro sport is um, 450s. Yeah, 450s. Which and I rode my 250 in. A lot of guys do that when they're trying to get signed out of amateurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's take it back a little bit now. Like, that was your last year at Loretta's. So, I remember you came home at the end of 17. Yeah. Um, hadn't been the best year. No, not at all. Really? Yeah. Um, you was training with Tim Ferry still, and, and I think that had kind of run its course a little bit. Um, I think that was, yeah, it was. Yeah, because yeah. that was the last year you trained with him was 17, right? Yep, um, and then you, what were we doing at the end of 17? <coughs> we, I, think, I think that was as well, you know, I realized about the B12 thing as well, you know, so. That's right, you came home to get tests and everything. Yeah, yeah okay, now I remember. Um, so then while you're handling all that, we start doing some training, start yeah. doing some riding. Back 350 here. then. Yeah, you had a three fifty. That's yeah. right. Um, we did some work that that that, that season. off season. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm trying to recall. I'm like, yeah. I would have just finished up the race team and yeah. and got rid of everything there, and I'd gone back into sort of coaching full time and gym stuff, and then you came back, and it always seemed like we linked up over the years and yeah. and, and did some things. Um, so yeah, we ended up. We did the re- the end of seventeen. We were riding and training. Yeah. And then you were going to go back to the States. You, you decided not to go back with a trainer. This time you wanted to do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's when that's when we said, all right, well, how about I sort of had to sit down with you and your parents. I'm like, why don't you do preseason here? Like you were happy. You were having fun. We had plenty of tracks to ride. And you ended up staying here until like, what, March or something last year? Yeah, stayed stayed till a bit later, just mm. before the MX season. St- I think... You were actually at round one last year. You yeah. didn't race, but you came and hung out. And then also part of that was getting my visa redone. Oh, yeah, that's right. The whole immigration thing. We yeah. forgot about that. It, you can't just... So gnarly. Kids, you can't just go stay in the States. Like, it actually yeah. is a whole Especially process. if you want to start getting, like, paid properly, you know, and, like, Do legit things, yeah, yeah. Because um, you ended up having... Um, did I, write I think I wrote a reference for you one time. Or something. Yeah, yeah. I had to get like you had a bunch of stuff. It, yeah, it, I had to because um, you have an athlete visa, right? Yeah, I got an athlete visa there now, and I actually had to get that done by a uh, lawyer group out of California. Was, was that the ones that Sedlax used that I put you onto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Action Sports. Action Sport Law. Yeah, yeah. Great, great guys. I so just, helpful. I just sent someone their contact over here um, last week. Actually, that wants to go over. Really? Yeah. That's funny. You forget all these things. I know. Little things, man. Um, so, yeah, you still have an athlete visa over, over there. I do. Yeah. yeah. So, that's right. That was taking forever. Because, yeah, that's right. You went over there and then you had to come back, it right? It's horrible. In 18, you flew there and you were there for like a week. I think it was like three weeks. Three weeks. And you had to fly back to the embassy in Melbourne because someone messed up. Yeah. It was, it sucked. And like that flight sucks. It's like <laughs> 27 hours by the time you get home. And then. Dude, I remember because you were here for like five days. It was horrible. Yeah. It's honestly the worst thing ever. Oh, People that was so that say up. that they like to fly. I don't trust them. I, it's flying sucks. I enjoy it. You're wild. <laughs> <laughs> you are wild. I hate it so much. No, there's there's something to be said for like a 24 hour flight by yourself. Because even though you're in a plane with hundreds of people, if you're by yourself, it's like real downtime. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what there is to be said other than it's living hell, but <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it it sucks. But 
I, I got back there and... Uh, so, yeah, talk about that. So, you know, in years past, you'd always been MTF, Tim Ferry. Yeah. You'd always had a training program around you. And by this point, you're 19, 20. Yeah. Um, and you said, no, nah, I'm going to do it by myself this time. Yeah. and Because <clears throat> mum and dad weren't over there at this point. You were by yourself. I was, yeah, over there by myself. I was over there for three years by myself. Yeah. Mum came over now and then, you know, to yeah. hang out. Um, but... You know, this was the first time really over there, just me doing my own thing. And uh, I guess I, I by that time, I kind of knew what I needed to do. And uh, is that better? That's better, yeah. That's I'm better. trying to, yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of hand signals going on here. And he's quite an animated talker and he's been slapping his hands on the table. And Yeah, I use my hands too much. Yeah. I need to be like Ricky Bobby, you know? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what to do with my hands. hands. I... Uh, and this is kind of like the first time I really went over and yeah, as as I said, did my own thing. And by this time, I kind of thought I, I knew what what I needed that would work for me. And you know, we'd we'd worked out a pretty good thing as yeah, well. We put a pretty good plan together. And uh, I had wanted to come out there with you, but Tatum and I we were getting ready to have Grayson yep. as our first son, and it was well, like, it was not the right time, not at all. You know, um, so you were flying solo. Yeah. So um, I got one of my. Fr- good friends, uh, Jack Sigismundi, who was over there and he was, uh, kind of not really doing anything. So I, I got him, I said, listen, you're going to be my training partner. You're going to cycle with me every day. You're going to be doing the pit board. You're going to be doing this and that. And so I had him. Yeah, Cause I was sending you the programs and then we'd do it. You were doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we kind of just went, went from there and, um, I was probably honestly the fittest I'd been in, in quite a long time and definitely one of, you know, some of the happiest I've been, um, you know, we just, we just grinded, you know, and we had off time, we had on the time and it was like, it was a good deal. It was, it was a really good deal, you know? Um, and I got some of my best results that year. Um, so I think there's something to be said about, you know, being happy when you're doing what you love, you know, cause that was some of the best years of racing I've had. You definitely honest. had some times where you weren't happy. I remember talking to you and it wasn't. It, yeah. Every race that goes through that, it, it you, happens. You're doing it, and you don't really know why you're doing it. When you're winning, everything's great. You mm. know, even if it's not probably the most ideal training that you're doing, if you're winning, no one's complaining. But yeah, true. When and this is this is like when you get pressure from mum and dad, like they're, they're you're on a training program. Why yeah. aren't you winning when yeah. you're on this program? Everyone's putting money in. Everyone's you know work working hard, and then. You got family pressure, you got sponsors pressure, and then you've got real life pressure, which is, I guess, where we're going to segue into now. As yeah. far as like I, I always said with you is that you know you were such a, a you had speed and you were a talented rider. Like you, to me, even now, I'll give you a few weeks on a bike, like you could be a top ten MX one, you could be a top ten MX two guy here in Australia. MX Nationals. Couple weeks is is a big call. Right, maybe but, not uh, now, but maybe a few months. Sucked <laughs> um, down a couple too many brewskis <laughs> on that one. Um, but you guys were so focused on getting a ride in the states, and that's where yeah. I think I'll be straight up. Like my honest opinion is, I think that's where you guys messed up. Was you stayed in the amateur system yeah. too long, and you you know because I know there was always teams talking to you, and you were trying to shop around and get a ride. And and for those who don't understand, like they go, oh, why don't you just go do Pro motocross over there as a privateer, it, it's not that simple. It's definitely not, and it's made it's bloody expensive. It's <clears> like for you to ride a two fifty in outdoors over there as a privateer. It's yeah, it's I mean outdoors, it's gnarly because you got to go to California. You got to go, you know, 
New York, you, you're, you've got to drive around so much. So that means you have to have a driver. You have to have a mechanic or your mechanic's your driver. And, and to then, build a competitive bike. like uh, Yeah, a bike that's going to get be fast enough. And then the parts that goes on that bike and then you're traveling around all the time. It's like you got to have a ride, you know, you, and if you don't, it's, it's hard yakka, you know, it's not easy. Cause you were talking to, um, that KDM team. Rocky mountain. Rocky mountain. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of let myself down maybe at, at Loretta's, you know, I had, uh, but that's the, the pressure cooker of that event. Like I said, you had teams talking to you and yeah. it's always in the States. Like see how you do at Loretta's. Yeah, it is. And, and what sucks is like, as, as we spoke about earlier, like Loretta's isn't that good of a track. It's, nah. And for you, the way you ride, like you're very smooth. You don't like to hang it out. You're, yeah. you're technically a very good rider. I like like hilly tracks, wide like wide tracks where like you can sweep your way through. Like Mill, Mill yeah. Creek, it suits me so well because yeah. it's like Loretta's would be the opposite of that. Like flat track, no hills, no elevation, it, sharp turns. It's very similar to like Horsham, but like smaller than Horsham and way rougher. Mm. It's so gnarly and and. That's why I think Egan did so well the first couple of years because when Egan Maston went over, he is so good on those type of tracks. And that's you want to talk about contrast of style, like yeah. you guys are complete opposites, so different. Um, isn't it crazy Egan doesn't race anymore? Man, I was going to call him the other day because you know he's. he's I a would friend of love mine. to do a podcast with him. And you should hit, you should tee that up because I don't know Egan that well. You should hit him up. I will. I will. He's a super sick dude. And his story is. I, I don't know how you can go from winning a national championship to not racing in the space of like nine months dude he's one of those guys that if he's not having fun he won't do it yeah you know and i think that's what it really came down to for him and uh, you know you could tell in 18 i don't want to speak on his behalf i would love to interview him but yeah. you can tell that the passion the fun whatever wasn't there anymore and no. i saw that with you too yeah you know but we'll get to that um but yeah like that pressure you know like i said you guys were so and and there's been times, like I said, I had stuff organized for you here. It wasn't just me. There's plenty of guys shopping rides yeah, yeah. that you could have got over Always, here. Always, yeah. Um, but you wanted to be in the States. And, it's true. And that's when I said to you, you know, we were always talking. You, Your dad and I were always talking, and especially when you were over there. And it was like, well, if Loretta doesn't work out, I was like, why don't you go race East Coast Supercross as a private seer? Because if you want to see any return on your investment as a pro, yeah, Supercross is the way to, to go about it. Yeah. Yep, and and you're right, I, and we we spoke about that, and there was some other things going on, and I did start, I started riding Supercross after Loretta's. Yeah, so you were, where'd you go to club? Went to Club MX, yeah, yeah. which those guys rule. So, if, uh, so this was 2018, so you, you finished Loretta's, you got ninth and 10th, you had some crashes, bad starts, it, yeah. it didn't, you didn't get the top fives you were hoping for. Yeah, look, I, I think that Loretta's, um, I had speed to be top five guy. Um, my, my lap time showed I and came through the pack nearly every single race for the know. listeners like who was in your classes that year that went pro now who are you racing uh, Jordan Bailey Jordan Bailey Derek Drake Enzo Lopes um, so you got two guys that and landed on Red Bull KDM uh, um, sorry TLD KDM Bailey yeah. and no he's Husky oh sorry he's Husky yeah Derek bad. Drake Mitchell Falk wow um, so you're saying like basically like Lopes is on JGR yeah. you got Factory Husky Factory yeah. KDM, mm-hmm. these guys are already signed though. Like yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're you're racing them, but their deals are already done. Correct. Yeah, these guys are fast as well. Like there's no not, joke. They're no joke. No. Well, you. I mean, what's Bailey been getting? He had a couple of good Supercross rides, and uh, I think he got eleventh at uh, WW. Mm. You rode that track a bunch. Yeah, those guys at WW highly recommend going there. Those yeah. guys rule. Jacob and uh, Junior, 
and Lisa, the guys that own that track. Sick people. So that wasn't far from your house, right? Yeah, it's about three hours, but they always let me come up and ride and do whatever I wanted. You know, I remember you sending me videos riding out there last year. It's gnarly. That track is sick. Mm. It looked, dude, the, the weekend, gone. It was gnarly. Marvin. Yeah. Yeah. Every, dude, full send. I love that. Because I've been in that situation through that track. <laughs> I reckon everyone would with them sand rollers. Oh, dude, you come through those sand rollers and sometimes they just rip those feet off and you're just, <laughs> you're just a passenger. <laughs> just hanging on that thing. Oh, man. For some reason, I just got a mental image of you seat bouncing at your house yeah. with feet off. Dumb. <laughs> that, was that was dumb. One of the best crashes I've ever, I'd say seen, but heard because the panic rev was... Yeah, I nearly killed myself that day. I remember. He was like, you reckon I could quad that? I'm like, no. I don't know why you'd want to. I don't know why I did it off the seat, to be honest. Next minute, hog do 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 I was doing like a- You were confident To set the scene, this this is like a double-double section that I was tripling and- Well, no, you can go 3-3 on a big bike. It's six jumps, right? Yeah, and I just got this 350. You know, I just got this- to go four in. And I thought, oh, I could do it easy. And I don't know why I decided to go off the seat, but boy- I, you went. Yeah. Yeah. I nearly died that day. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, had some doozies. I remember a few yeah. days later, you endowed off that ski jump too. Yeah, that was, that sucked that because was, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> and I was on the front wheel for a long time. So we were training a bunch at Andy's house at the start of 2018, you know, had the pit board. Because I think that was that day Jack Simpson was out there with us, right? No, I think it was, was yeah, it a different you know day. There was a couple of days. That, uh, Simo came out. I can't remember. Anyway. You, we were mid moto, yeah. and you hit that little square edge off the side of the jump. That was a long end, though. Yeah, it hurt. I, I reckon you went seventy feet on the front wheel. I'm not, I'm even joking. What's that turn? Fourth gear before that jump? I just remember being on the front wheel and thinking, <laughs> dude, this sucks. I just remember dropping the pit board, going, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, not again. I was like on that front wheel. I looking down at the ground, and I'm like, this is gonna go either one or two ways. Yeah. I'm going to die or <laughs> we're going to come out of it good. <clears throat> and I remember I got home. Uh, my dad got home and he looked at the bike and he's like, dude, are you shitting me right yeah, now? I remember because the subframe was just lunged. I, yeah. Yeah. Toasted that thing. It was like two weeks old. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Huskies have got the carbon fiber subframe. Oh, dude. It was an expensive day at yeah, the office. We were calling around trying to get parts to ride that week. Wow. Um, I've lost track. Where were we? I feel like we were talking about... Um, the guys you grew up racing. No, yeah. the guys you were racing. All right, so yeah, Loretta's ex- doesn't really go to plan. A lot of guys already, and that was my thing, you know, saying you and and I think your dad and that knew it too. It was like these guys get signed on 85s to those rides. Oh, yeah. And for you as a foreigner, I mean, the best you're going to hope for is what a support deal on some sort of, you know, B-level team. And uh, Yeah, and I guess where you got to look at it is like they've got to see that you're better than the Americans. Yeah, because they're going to give because an they're American, an American team. An equal, if you're equal to an American, they're going to give you the ride. Exactly. And when you look at, you know, the likes of guys that have got rides over there now, you know, Wilson, um, you know, fast. Australian, you know, he's won, what, two? Uh, he's MX, won... One at MX... MX2, he won 18, he nearly won 17. Yeah, so... I mean, he kind of came in through the back door, but yeah, top level pro. Still rips. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Lawrence, rips. Has, has anyone come out of amateurs as an Aussie and got a ride? Because Luke Clout won Loretta's one year, didn't he? He got a ride. It was a... a remember he rode for that Suzuki team over there? Yeah, but he came back first. He rode 14 yeah, okay. over here for and Circo. He won a, didn't he want a championship? 
Yeah, second. he won 14. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So then did he, he went over. Yeah, because Jay won 15. Yeah. It must have been Luke that won 14. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so he went over there. He he got that ride. And, but, I mean, someone that come out of amateurs, I don't think many people have. I don't think any amateur rider as an Aussie has... Um, <laughs> Sorry. Just try not to sneeze into the mic. It's close. Um, no amateur rider as an Aussie has done that. As landed yeah. a factory gig over there. Yeah. And you were trying to be, you know... I was trying to be the first one. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's not easy to get no. on that ride. I mean, in hindsight, it didn't work out. Um, yeah, not at all. At all. So <laughs> anyway, let's skip now. So at that point, the America dream isn't done. We did uh, Supercross. So you came back to Australia and you were going to do the Australian Supercross series. So you go to Club MX before you come back. You start yeah. riding Supercross. Yeah. So I, I rode there for maybe a month, I think. Mm. Um, and I, I got done with Loretta's and it was up in the air what I was going to do. I know Chris Woods, he called me and said, hey, um, our rider that we we're you know, going to have. Uh, oh, that's I right. He was doing Designations, wasn't I he? had, um, do you remember who got hurt for Raceline that year? In 18, because remember, I called you after like round one and I was like, hey, Raceline might have a fill-in ride. And I talked to, yeah, yeah, it didn't true. end up happening because you stayed in the States, but you might have been able to come back and race outdoors over here. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. And you didn't, but then it led into the Supercross thing. Correct, yeah. yeah. So I rode my Husky um, in the States in the States for about a month doing Supercross and then decided to come back. You were riding back with like Brayton and stuff? Yeah, Brayton, uh, Osby. And to be honest, it's the first time that I've ever done Supercross, you know? So like- yeah. It's it never was, really been a thing for you before that. No, I've always been like amateur nationals, like never really did any motor, uh, supercross. And it's like, it's a lot, dude. I've, supercross is hard. Mm. You know, it's not easy. Oh, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Like when you're, you come from motocross and you just can hang it out and you can make mistakes whenever you want because, you know, it's motocross. I mean, not whenever, but well, I always it's more forgiving, people, you know, riding supercross. If you're a good rider, ride supercross is easy. Like yeah. once you get a track down, triple triples, whoops, whatever, yeah. You can ride that six-inch groove all day. Yeah. But racing Supercross different is a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, end of... Um, 2000. End of 2018, you come back. I come back, yeah. And you have, a, a like, a support deal with Raceline KDM. Correct, yeah. Which no one would have known about because you didn't put out any PR and None. you went to test the first day with the team. Yeah, which was straight off a 27-hour flight. You literally landed and drove up there. Yeah, I spent one night there, yeah. jet lag, and then just drove straight up there to do testing. So you drove to Newcastle, right? Is it? <clears throat> yeah, straight to Newcastle, drove there from Melbourne. And then I get a call the next day from the hospital. Yeah, it was gnarly. It goes bad. What happened? I went there, and, and in hindsight, I maybe should have taken maybe a couple more days um, because, you know, flying and traveling, it's pretty gnarly, but kind of didn't really have... Uh, you know time either time you know yeah. uh, it was coming up so fast so i went up there and did some some training and uh, some riding and, and testing and um yeah i got uh, a day done and i was feeling rough like i didn't feel myself on the bike didn't wasn't feeling good and then had to sleep woke up in the morning went out to ride again um and because you were riding with Osby, yeah? Yeah, and it was not, just kind of struggling with setup on the bike because a lot of the stuff that I was using was kind of different. Um, Did you bring your American suspension back? Yeah, and that wasn't working, so we hopped on to some it new suspension. It would have been way too hard for over here. Yeah, I think it was. I think yeah. it was. And uh, so I tried some different suspension, and um, I come through the whoops one time, and the front end took off, and... <laughs> 
you took off with it. I took off with it. And uh, yeah, I remember, I actually, it's actually kind of, I remember crashing and then thinking to myself, I'm going to have to play this cool because, because <laughs> this is not a good first impression. This is not a good first impression, first of all. And like, I'm hurting right now. Like this <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I'm hurting. I can barely breathe, but so I'm going to have to play it cool. So no one like. You punctured both lungs. So I, cr- yeah, uh, this is what I find out. So I go back to the rig. I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. I've got this guys. Completely fine guys. <laughs> I'll get it back on that bike. And as like the adrenaline kind of goes off, I'm like, man, <laughs> this sucks. This isn't good. So I, yeah, I say, hey, uh, I think you could maybe take me to the hospital. I'm not feeling too crash hot. So I go there and I get to the hospital and I remember the doctor looked at me once, like everything was kind of finalized. He goes, how did you get here? I oh, mean, I just hopped in the car and we went. You've got two punctured lungs, <laughs> multiple broken ribs, and a broken collarbone. I was like, well. Well, you don't say. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably why I hurt like I... Yeah, you know. just yardy the whoops in fourth gear. Yeah. So that kind of uh, took a toll on the old Supercross. You know, I missed a few rounds and then... You missed pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then um, you got back on the bike. I think we got back on... The, for like three weeks. Three weeks before Sydney. Yeah. And then... I, I can't remember, like, why did you even do Sydney at this point? To be honest, I actually, I, I wanted to race it just because, like, I felt like maybe I was obligated to. Not really. I just, I guess... Oh, I th- no, I remember too, because for America, yeah, um, you needed your pro license. It's true. So That's you, why I did it. You needed your pro, um, you needed to have raced the FIM. Yeah. Professional event in Supercross to get your correct. That's why I did it, and up, and, yeah. and not only that, you know, they had the bikes there. Everyone was ready, and I thought, you know what? Well, you physically you were ready to go, but mentally, not not even close, <laughs> not at all. And <clears throat> when you go and do your first race of Supercross, it's probably not ideal to go to you know Ozx Open. It's a gnarly event, you know. There's yeah. so many fast dudes there, mm. and there's twelve gates, so you got a very small. Not anymore now. It's in Melbourne. They'll have a twenty gate, but back then it was a twelve right yeah. out final. Yeah, he had factory guys not qualifying. Yeah, yeah. I think Dakota Alex didn't qualify with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the main, Jay didn't nearly qualify, and he won the championship. Yeah, <laughs> he got him through the LCQ. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, so you to race them, obviously, you know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Ozx, that was your first Supercross race, correct? Yeah, and um, so I went there and. Um, qualifying went okay. I was kind of struggling with like the whole qualifying thing because uh, I mean I'd done qualifying at Loretta's, but it wasn't the same as you know you'd say at a Supercross. So that was kind of tough, and um, kind of the whole day I was just kind of thinking, man, I'm not really having as much fun as I, I'd, I'd normally have. You know, like this isn't this isn't. But I think, and here's where I'll intersect. Like this is the catch twenty two of doing what you did. Because you spent so much time away, yeah. That when you came back, everyone and yourself included had so many expectations on you. It's true because yeah. it's like, oh well, if you've been in America, you should be doing better than the guys you came up with. Yeah, and yeah. and even though I used to say, don't worry about that stuff, and everybody else did too. Like you're the one that's got to wear it. It's true. No, and you're right. You know, it's it's pressure because you know, oh, you stayed three years in America, you trained with some of the best guys, you should be killing it. Like, why aren't you killing it? And or, and that's defined killing it. Like, I think, you know, Sydney didn't go well. No. But um, you didn't qualify. But what did you expect? It was your first Supercross race. It's true. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. Um, 
so this is where things start to take a turn is like after Sydney, not take a turn as in like, you know, we're not doing a behind the music where you ended up on drugs and yeah no i'm i'm healthy guys just to be clear i've got a cold because i'm sick (laughs) because i spend half half my life on a plane nowadays not fresh out of rehab yeah i'm Um, I'm okay so all right this is where it gets you know like the real world pressure so you're 21 and you know you and your parents already kind of decided the amateur thing was done yeah you weren't gonna do it anymore no more and then it was either supercross or you were going to come back here and You know, so at that point, like, you've got opportunity to do a, a deal with Raceline. You know, they would have helped you out for MX Nationals this year. Yeah. Um, you know, was it going to be a full ride? No, but it would have been like a Mel Ross thing a few years back where you're off the side and, yeah. and doing a support deal. And, um, you know, at one point, um, you know, Scotty Brewster with the SB Motorsport Suzuki thing, like, they had an MX2 spot that they needed to fill and you yeah. could have rode by default the factory Suzuki you want to go easy? I think, on it, I think it was 450. 250 or 450. I think yeah. it didn't matter. Um, you want to go easy on that nose on the mic? Yeah, sorry. Like, I did. You were really fogging it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm calling you going, hey, like. Make it happen. There's a there's a ride here if you want it. You know, yeah. Scott, you know, I've talked to Scott. You've got Woodsy you've talked to. Like your dad's putting stuff together with Tam and KDM. And at the same time, you're kind of thinking and my heart's not in it anymore. Yeah, so I got I got done in Sydney, and it was obviously disappointing the way things went there. Um, but I don't know. I got to the to the end of the year, and I had you know multiple people call me. Um, Yareev said, "Hey, if you want to if you want a bike, we'll give you a bike, and you can race it." You know, and and Scotty Brewster, and you know Tam, and there was a few different guys. You know, said, "Hey, we'll give you a bike, and you can race it." You know, and uh, so like you had the opportunity here, like you weren't going to make money. But you had the opportunity yeah. to move home and race, Correct. and um, you know, and that's where I think the whole thing of trying to get a ride in the states it kind of almost took the fun out of it a little bit because you you maybe had the opportunity to to be here, race part time, work part time, enjoy it. But yeah. I think the focus of getting a ride over there had burned you out. Yeah, it, and it, <clears throat> I think it did too. Maybe, um, and as you know, it got to the end of the year, and I thought I can do this another year, and you know, maybe the year after and I don't know, I wasn't making crazy money or, you know, a lot of money at all. And I thought to myself, myself, you know, for me, it's not a super feasible future. You know, it's, it's not going to make me crazy money and it's not about money. I guess it's about, you know, doing what you love and, and loving it. And I got to the point where well, eventually it becomes about money. Yeah. Um, I, I get, you're right. You know, um, and, uh, you know, I, I want to have nice things in my life and I want to have a house. And and also I think like when you, when you look at it, like you, you did, this is where people in the, in, in the rest of the world, when they look at America, when Dungey retires at 27, yeah. when Villo retires at 26 or 28 or whatever it was, you did a four or five year pro career over there. Even though you were yeah. an amateur, you rode and trained nearly every single day. Every day. And and even though you weren't on the pro tour, you're on the amateur tour, you're still a professional rider. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not only that, you know, I freaking brained myself, you know, before Supercross as well. And yeah, I think the injuries definitely took a toll on you. It's, uh, it's not really that fun getting injured all the time. You know, it kind of sucks. Cause when and you go back and listen, that's right. Also you tore your, uh, MCO ACL. Yeah. Um, I remember rehabbing that with, we were doing that at like the a start. few times, not yeah. just once. Yeah. You know? And you rode through a lot of that stuff. But if you go back and listen to this pod now, like, holy cow, that's a lot of injuries. 
Yeah, there's been a lot. Like, you know, you name it, I've probably done it. I mean, no legs, thankfully, but, um, you know, it's, you know, they all add up. And I wake up in the morning some days now and I'm like, dude, my back, like it hurts. Smoked. It's it's And you're 22 years old, you know. Tomorrow, that's cool. It's wild. Yeah. I feel old now. Yeah, I'm 32 in a few months. How about that? I wish you looked 32. <laughs> you want a battle about receding hairlines. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm in bad shape. Yeah, I mean, it ain't as bad as mine, but yeah. I got a decade on you. Yeah, I'm, I'm toast. Thank Pete for that. Yeah, old Petey boy. Um, so I guess, you know, this part is, is sobering in the sense of the story is I guess what I'm trying to get through to the listeners and the kids listening to it and the parents listening to it is there's the dream on one sense, but... For a youngster, like when you're trying to quote unquote make it, it's not always that fun. And um, the investment, the time, the money, and then you're trying to get something out the other side of it. And like I said, like 1% really see a financial return on going pro. Yeah. Um, I think I think people just don't really appreciate how hard it is to do what you did and I only know because I've been in the States myself for years and um, obviously I'm close with you, but I've seen it from different angles and different different sides. But um, it's not easy, man. It's a journey, man. It is a journey. It's, it's, you know, I think about the person I was, you know, back in 2015, mm. you know, and I was, I think, 18, just turned 18. You had a ridiculous haircut. Horrible haircut. Yeah. And uh, look back now, no wonder nobody took me seriously yeah. for that thing. But you think about like the things I've, you know, I've accomplished and, and the highs and the lows and the things, you know, you, you've learned. Um, you did more in your life way. as a teenager than most people get to do. And yeah, yeah, and I'm so blessed, you know, obviously, as I said, my, my family helped me so much uh, along the way. And, um, you know, my sponsors along the way too. Um, but... You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change any of that for the. No, no chance. I'd ever change anything like that. You know, the journey is the beauty of it all. Um, and although I think you could still be racing, <laughs> I get why you're not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you kind of went MIA for a little bit after Supercross, and you were thinking about everything, and yep. and then you kind of surfaced, and we talked, and you were like, "Nah, I'm I'm done. I'm done." Yeah. So I uh, at the time there was a job available, um, not even related to moto. I'm just there was a job and I uh it was it was a pretty cool cool job you know I'm at Australia wide I do sales now so I go all around Australia selling you know a you product slanging trailers yeah that's it and uh truck trailers New Zealand as well I went to Germany Lithuania um you know I'm, I'm all over the place and you know I, I love I love traveling I love seeing the world and uh this is what I like though is that you know I mean you've always been a pretty of a out there character yeah you know bordering on you know Weirdo. Yeah, straight up. Like yeah. you wear, you know, you wear pants that you can see your ankles and your socks and yeah. you have a beanie on right now where I can see your ears. I don't quite understand that. No one understands it. It's cool. I mean, do you think? <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the life experiences you get, and this is what I say to the kids, like, you know, yeah, Chase being a pro. Yeah. But I'm like, when you get to the age where you can travel, like take yourself to the States, yeah. you know, get a part-time job, take yourself wherever, go do some racing, go do some traveling, see the world with your bike. Like you don't got to stay here. You can come back and race here, whatever. But um, there's more to life than doing what everybody does. And yeah, even yeah. though you had a, a really supportive family, we all do it different ways. Yeah. 
but go see the world and, and the life lessons you've learned. Like you don't walk into this like marketing role you got at 21, 22 and travel around if yeah. you've never dealt with sponsors. You never dealt with um, people in the industry. I'm, I'm saying it teaches you a lot, but you can transfer over to the real world. Yeah, you know, and I think it, Moto, like it teaches you responsibilities, you know, in different ways. Like, you know, sponsors aren't going to just sponsor you because you're a good bloke. You know, you got to have results and you got to promise some things and you got to, you know, deliver. Deliver, you know. You got to take yourself seriously yeah. and, and, and present yourself in a professional manner and talk to people and, you know, um, which is really you're only as good as your word and your product now and your job and it ain't much different when you're a racer. It isn't. It's actually, I think, as a racer, it's even more important. Mm. You know, you got to go to people and, and fans and you got to, you can't be a stranger to anyone, you know, and you got to present the brand in, in and market it in, in a professional way and, and I feel like, you know, there's definitely, that's, that's taught me a lot from Modo my job now, you know? Yeah. The, the crossover is real. It, it's there. Um, but no, it's cool. I mean, we talk a lot when you're on the road. We talk a lot of smack. Yeah, and A lot of trash. Yeah. This pod went a little more serious than maybe I thought it would. Yeah. It, it, you know what? It was always going to, I thought. Yeah. It was always going to be fairly fairly serious, but... Fairly deep. I'd like to do more. I mean, we keep talking about you getting in here to, to co-host the Inside Dirt show and stuff. We'll get we'll get to it, but we'll have some more fun. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to... I, I listen to the pod every week, so... Super Pretty much my weekly here. phone call on a Tuesday, you'll be like, I listen to it and yeah, yeah. I'll either talk trash on you or, or Duran being out to lunch a lot. Um, and him being on Tinder all the time. I can only imagine what that phone's going like. Well, uh, this oh, is going. It's, it's swipe like I'm sitting right where you, he sits where you are now. And just I'm sure he's got calluses on his thumb, just swiping <laughs> all the time, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be surprised. Old passion fingers, <laughs> Mr. Burns, he is, uh. um. But yeah, it's cool, and I guess you know you've lived the American dream, and yep. like you had a visa, you yep. could have gone back again. Still can, still can, still can. Um, but you chose to come back to good old Clyde in yeah. Victoria. Yep, and live the real world. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm happy where I am right now, and I'm not going to say that I'm not going to go back to racing. Uh, you know, because who knows? I um I definitely want. I, I'd love to do a 125 cup. That's on the list. I'm I'm in the middle of getting a 125 at the moment, yeah. and uh, two strokes, two are a stroke, lot of fun. dude. I cannot wait. That so that's definitely on the list. Because you uh, still have a bike now. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, maybe one day I might come around and do a uh, 250, 450 race just for a laugh. You know, dude, who knows? You need the time away from it. And, I will, and you'll know if and when you want to. You know, do what you want to do. Um, in the, the day there's no rules do what makes you happy and absolutely you still you know i bust your balls a lot you come do some coaching with me at the schools and yeah yeah i still like to coach kids it's yeah. sick i love coaching kids you know and it's all you have to do is tell them what you know you know and you know a lot like you have been with some of the best trainers in the in the sport yeah yeah myself included <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well, uh, yeah sure they will roll with that yeah. <laughs> no you know and, and You've been to a lot of different places. You've been to MTF. You've trained with different people. You know, obviously, you know, uh, know a lot uh, in the industry, and you've been around it for long enough now. And dude, to me, it we is, all have. It's know? not about, and it's the same with you with the kids now. Like the kids like you because you've your personality, and it's not about the trainer. It's about the relationship you have with yeah, the trainer. Absolutely. And um, there's plenty of fast guys that make horrible trainers. 
Yeah. Um, there's plenty of guys that um, there's plenty of guys that didn't make it to the top and made good coaches. Like it just depends yeah, on the person. Look at Colleen, you know, Colleen yeah. Millsaps never yeah, rode a bike. Yeah, mm. and she's one of the highest coaches in the sport. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, she's renowned worldly. Yeah, I mean, I've worked with her. You've worked with her. She is. She gets it out here, all right. Oh, she will rip you sideways. Uh-huh. It's but, scary, but there's an even balance between the technicality that she knows as well. Yeah, it right. ain't like she's just like twist it. And if she, you know you do something good, the whole you mate, the whole of Millsaps will hear. Out and like I said, going to the states, you get forgotten about because you're not you're yeah. out of sight, out of mind. And I had to end up running your social media in the end to get people to see it because you're just you weren't really about that stuff. Yeah, I I, I really dislike social media to be yeah. honest. I'm not a social media guy no. much. It's like last year I was running your Insta, I was running your website. Like yeah. I was trying to beat the AD drum as hard as I could. Yeah, you're like, hey Andy, uh, post something. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but no, you know, and and for anyone that's going to America, you know, um, they should or hit even you thinking up, about like, it. Yeah, you, you know, know. Where, where can people reach you? Um, I think it's Danickel underscore five fourteen on Instagram yeah. or on Facebook. Um, you haven't posted on Instagram for like ever. Yeah, I don't post much. No, I just look at stuff. It's you're you're gonna post this when it comes out though. I'm gonna post this when it comes out though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've no, still got your login somewhere. I'll do it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, but you know. <clears throat> if you're thinking about it and you're in the position where you've got the opportunity, take the opportunity because you'll you'll love it. You'll have such a time and there's plenty of places out there um, to go. You know, if you want to start off at a training facility, you know, the guys at Club MX are amazing. There's, you know, six-week courses at MTF. Uh, Collie Millsap's amazing. There's so many places that you can, you know, set yourself and go do racing over in the States. Um and it might not be uh, as expensive as you may think, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's almost comparable. Yeah, um, it is. It's more just the logistics of it. Absolutely. Um, but I think also a lot of Aussie riders think it's this unobtainable thing that you can't go over there and race because you're only an A-grade rider over here or yeah. whatever. Like that's... You can go... Yes, like you could go over there. Yeah, and you absolutely. Can, there's plenty of guys that... Um, at those training facilities that are C level riders, yeah, like you don't have to be a top pro. It's not at all, you know. And you can be C class over here. And if you want to go race in America, no one, you know, go for it yeah. because there's great racing, and you're going to have so much fun. Everyone's super nice over there, you know. It's it, it's really it's a good atmosphere, and you get to go and watch some of the best, fastest races in in, in America or even the world, you know. Yeah, it's a really cool experience, yeah. and um, you just got to not care what everyone thinks. Like so many yeah. guys, they just do what everybody else does, and you know, it's that tough age where they leave school and yeah. everyone's getting an apprenticeship or whatever. And it's not like I'm bagging that out, but no, no, no. you can. Uh, that's what I'm saying is like you, you did all this stuff. You came back to the real world at 21. Yeah, it's not that different from my story. Like I got to Australia at 22. Yeah, just turned 22. So age you are now. Yeah, I'd never had a job in my life. You know, I'd done the freestyle tour thing for years before that I was racing. I turned out all right. Like yeah, yeah. you can do it and still integrate into the real world. But I, I get the parents fear when they go, oh, well, if he doesn't have a job at 18, he's going to be a, a drop kick. And it starts pulling them in different directions. But that's where it's the kid's job to go, all right, well, I got to help mum and dad yeah. and put my own stuff together yeah. and, and get a part-time job or put my deals together where... Yeah, yeah. Get on the phone, call different people, go do different things. Because that was it. Like you ran your own program, and and a lot of a lot of kids, like a lot of kids today, man, they 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 wouldn't be able to do that. 
yeah, you know, it, and if I didn't have a mechanic, you know, I was mechanic too. I remember many times I'd be at the house thinking, dude, I've got to put a whole new set of plastics on, change sprockets, and then I've got to be in the car on my way to Virginia to go to a regional, and i got to get this done in, like, an hour and a half. Mm. And, like, you have to do that all by yourself, and you have to order all the stuff in advance. Like you have to be your own manager, your own fitness guy, your own, you know, everything you cook and you clean and you're doing washing. Yeah. As paying bills, uh, you know, putting fuel in car. It's, you know, but you just got to get up and go do it because if you don't, you know, you just, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You had the opportunity, but you did it. That's the difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a lot of kids have the opportunity and they go, oh, fuck, that guy's so lucky. I wish I had. It was like, no, dude, like if you were vocal about it, I'm sure your families would, not every family, it's, no, no, it's no. a generalization. A lot yeah. of people don't have the means to do it, but you can do it yourself too, you know? Like yeah. it's just, I think a lot of kids, yeah, it's just the mentality, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the Andy Dinicole story, guys. Um and yeah, we'll have Andy back on do some different things over time. And uh, absolutely, Andy's going to come to Gilman with me in yeah. South Australia yeah. and do the Junior Aussie School in a few weeks. I'll be there, which is going to be fun. Yeah, it will be. So we we'll get to sit in a car with Joe for uh, seven, seven, eight, eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Yep. How about that? We should do a podcast on the way. We could probably do it. We should. We could set the van up. We could. Yeah. Bit of road noise, but I mean, come on, <laughs> won't be any worse than yours. Breathing, sounding like Darth Vader. <sighs> it's not. It's it's uh, it's a lot today. I'm mm. not gonna lie to you. It's uh, yeah. it's a it's been a battle yeah. holding yeah. in it these cars. Would have been good when I called you this morning and said, "Hey, I'm home. Let's do this episode." And you weren't like, you know, dying on the phone. I didn't. Yeah, a heads up would have been rad. I'd be like, I I I was gonna call you, and then I thought, oh, I'll be alright. I was mm. wrong. But I mean, it'll come out alright. I hope so. Yeah. But I thanks for uh, being on the uh, Joe Stevens show today, Joe. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Andrew. Uh, what a show. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. No, thank you very much. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll do something again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, dinnercoll underscore 514. If what? you want to, and you guys that are thinking about going to the States, want some info, hit him up. Probably don't hit him up for anything else right now. Yeah, don't don't be shy, guys. I uh, I'm here to help. So, and uh, yeah, don't give me any beef on beef on the IG. The IG. I, I well, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> post some promo for this. So sweet, it'd be cool. I'm, I'm glad people get to hear the story. But um, all right, man, thanks for coming on, and um, yeah, catch yeah. up soon. Thank you.